It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Welcome to the show. Is it that time again? It is. Oh. It's, <laughs> in fact, we're just, we're just ticking on to... 1.30 here oh. on this Wednesday you... afternoon. It is that time. Do you have a watch? Are you wearing a watch? Or how do you know? How do you tell the time? No, you're not. I look at the clock up here oh, in my okay. left uh, in the studio. Oh. I have a television on here in front of me with the time. And of course, my mobile phone is somewhere there. I hope I have it on silent. Uh, I, I don't have a watch. No. You don't? No. And you don't have a watch full stop or you just don't wear a watch? No, that's a good question. Um, I don't have a watch. I don't wear a watch. I don't have a watch. Right. OK, because I just noticed yesterday as well that there was no no sign of a watch in the L wrist. And I just wondered, not many people wear watches anymore that I've seen recently. I've just kind of started trying to think that aren't smart watches or Fitbits. So just a normal watch. Watch. Do you think there are many people that still wear a watch um, or just rely on their phones or, as you say, clocks Ovens, cars. Yeah, I'd say the vast fun. majority of people. Now, this is men and women you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even kids. Now, I know kids might get one for their communion or that, but mm. generally, across the board, watches being I worn. I would say that the wearing of a wristwatch mm. by man, woman or child mm-hmm. is now declined massively. From what it was at one stage, I would say that. When did you get your? When did you get your first watch? I think I remember I got my first watch for my communion of my late uncle, I think. And I remember it was like I was dressed lovely, my beautiful bouncy white dress. Mm -hmm. And then I got this watch with this ugly brown leather strap. Oh, no. And all the others that had a watch were just, you know, very pinks and blues and everything. But, you know, looking back, it was probably top quality leather leather strap, you know, but but I just remember it was a brown strap. Yeah, I think I got one for my communion as well. I I used to wear watches at one stage in my life. I remember being out fishing one day and in fact, one fell off into the lake. I was landing a fish (laughs) and I was, the the watch straight, I think it's at the bottom of the corridor somewhere and, and that was probably the last watch I ever had. Listeners, do you wear a watch? Let us know today. Anybody out there still wearing the bog standard watch? You know, just the watch. Uh, nothing fancy with it. You know, no uh, Fitbit or mm. smartwatch. Or anything. Anybody just wearing the basic watch? Is it still a thing with you? Let us know. 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you still wear mm. a wristwatch. And if you have one that's really old oh, still. you know, if you better. have, You know, if you have it for good use or oh, as yeah. my mother would say. Yeah, um, yeah. 
That's and what we're looking for. Have you and it's engraved or everything, anything? Just a special. Do you have a watch? Do you have a watch or, you, or a watch yeah. that's special to you? Or maybe you have a Rolex. Mm. <laughs> well, I did a quick survey when I came in here into LMFM today, and I ran around looking for people um, just to see. And in the newsroom, yeah, Michael has a watch, an ordinary watch. He said he got it from his girlfriend, so he wears a watch. That's Michael A. Michael A. Michael Carlin. Michael C. Um, I think he has a smartwatch. So that doesn't count. Okay. And then Killian, uh, Killian doesn't wear a watch because he thinks it's bad luck. There you go. Yeah, he was told by a by a former football coach who was bad so, luck. So one one watch. One watch out of out three. Of three. Okay. And uh, Karen here doesn't have a watch. Alicia has a watch that she'd only wear if she was going out. Okay. Interesting, interesting. We're talking watches on late lunch today. Do you have one? Do you wear it? Do you have one of sentimental value or value or one that you have stuck in a drawer that you don't wear anymore? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Now, we have a man standing by patiently and he knows his watches and more besides. Stephen Burns from Midas Jewellers, Long Walk Shopping Centre Dundalk is going to talk to us now. Hi, Stephen. Hi, hi. Thank you for joining us on the show today. You've been listening to us nathered in a way there about the wristwatch. Oh, well, indeed, yeah. Yeah, no, you Very, are you are indeed. the man on the front line. What's the story? Has this st- bog standard wristwatch, is it a small part of your business now? No, it it has come back uh, quite, uh, quite strongly, in fact, over the last two years. Really since COVID, or the end of COVID, uh, there has been a resurgence of the... Well, I would call the conventional watch market. Right. Um, for some time, it was badly hit. In fact, it, it received two big hits. The, la- the last one, of course, was uh, the 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 Apple uh, yes. Fitbit type of watch. Yeah. That came in some years ago, and it certainly affected watch sales drastically. Mm. And um, in fact, one thought that they'd never recover, but in fact, they have made a great recovery. And prior to that, going back many years, Swatch came on the market. Yes. And if you, if you were out to dinner somewhere, you were looking at people's wrists, <laughs> uh, women especially, uh, they had forsaken their gold watch, you know, uh, or roll gold watch or whatever it was, and they now were wearing um, Swatch, yes. which was, uh, you know, a cheap watch, but a great variety of um of styles, and uh, they had a, a sales pitch which said that uh, the watch was guaranteed for a length of time. I think it was only a year, but in that guarantee, if it, if you drove a lorry over it, you got a new watch. <laughs> you know, they they looked after the, the thing very well. I love it. But now Swatch is gone, or well, virtually gone. Yes. I, I don't know anybody doing it now, really. Um, and uh, they, the conventional watch has, as I say, made this renaissance of recovery, you know. It's, Isn't uh, that great to hear, Stephen? I'm delighted yeah. to hear this because I, that really pleases me. It really does. So what are the main brands today? Myself and Louise drew up a list. Just listen to this. These are the ones we could remember. Citizen, Seiko, Rolex, Casio, Acarist, Taghur, Tissot, Bulgari and Omega. Do they strike up any of those in, uh, prominent today of those brands? Oh, yeah, quite a few of them that is you there? mentioned there. Yeah. Now. Well, yeah, Casio, for example, it, yes. it, it is a specific kind of watch. Casio is is the ultimate watch, I suppose, with gadgetry in it, mm. uh, where you can get, you, you know, find out what what your your um, 
heartbeat is like, yeah. <laughs> etc. You know, yes, if yes. you want to know that, that is, which is another matter. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Casio is very, very, very popular for a while. Now, it suffers from a problem, which is it's very difficult to work on mm. because it comes at all these different dials and uh, uh, very few people know how they work. Yeah. And it, for a jeweler, selling one, say, coming up to Christmas is torture, really, mm-hmm. because they say, how do, how do you get the, you know, how do you work out what the time is in Hawaii, you know, <laughs> and uh, you're you're out the door with customers for the few times in the year and uh, trying to explain it. So uh, Casio took a hit because of that. But okay. I'm still, a lot of people still wearing them, of course. Yes, you know? yes. But, but um, uh, in the, the convention. Go Sorry, on, go, go on. Ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say the conventional watch, like say Seiko or yeah. Citizen, yes. they are they've come back big time. Right, you know they they were um, they hit, they had a bad patch like like uh, many others. Mm. Uh, but the thing about watches, which is a significant factor, is that certainly when I was going up, um, I had a watch, but I had one watch. Mm. But nowadays there are people have three, four, five watches, yeah. and they wear them depending on where they're going, especially uh, uh, women, where them, you know, going out to dinner or going yes. to an event or something like that. Men are inclined to wear the same watch all the time, really. Yeah. Um, but the difference in the prices is significant. I mean, there, the, the average watch that uh, one would see selling is maybe... I don't know what the average is, but say about two hundred euro. Yeah. For uh, say you can get a say a Seiko, for example. Yes. Uh, and uh, then there is an, a strata um, which you may well be part of because you're a wealthy man, and that is uh, the Rolex uh, uh, situation. Rolex has become not just a watch; it's become a a, a status symbol, yes, really, in big time. And Rolex put a lot of money into things like, for example, uh, Formula One, mm. and and it's course renowned for Wimbledon. Yeah, you and golf, golf now. You know, they're sponsoring the golf series as well, Stephen. Uh, oh, I absolutely. See yeah. yeah. Now, what are you yeah. ta- what are you talking about for? We're talking here about the average Rolex now is about four grand. Well, when I no, tell you, Stephen, I want to just stop you there. You're not on RTE today when you say to me that I'd be wearing a Rolex or that. You're on to LMFM radio, so I'm in the Seiko bracket, just to get that clear, all right? I, I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> well, I yeah, thought you were at, you, at the very top of your profession. You know? No, my name is Kelly, <laughs> not Duffy. My surname is Kelly, not Duffy. That's that's probably the significant difference. All but anyway, right, okay. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> anyway, Stephen, um, that's a, that's a big swing when you think you know two hundred to four thousand. But I want to ask you this: Louise mentioned her communion. Poor Louise, the ugly duckling with the brown strap on the watch. Uh, straps yeah. versus straps are out, are they? They're gone. Not today. No, I would say definitely not. Oh. Um, okay, I would probably be in the in the region of seventy five percent bracelets. Okay, but there's still a hell of a lot of people. For example, I I hate bracelets. I wear a strap myself because mm. the bracelet. If you have any 
a fine masculine figure like yourself probably has a, a lot of hairs in their arm. <laughs> and the hairs get caught in the bracelet. Yes. <laughs> so I don't like that. I, I much prefer a strap. But as I say, I'm in a minority, you know. Yeah. Most people want the bracelet. And especially if they're giving it as a present, which a lot of watches are given as presents. Yes. And another factor about it is too, which probably one wouldn't notice, is that... Uh, the, um, the 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 watches that are on on sale um, at, at one time of the year this this creates another impression that the you know that the the price of the watch is isn't standard but in fact it is mm. uh, it, it's you know it, it, it's a reason watches are reasonably priced I would say okay and you see the point about it is that. If you are going to buy, for example, um, for your girlfriend or your wife, whatever it is, for Christmas, you're going to buy something for her, a present. Well, you can buy her, uh, I, I don't exaggerate when I say you can buy her 30, 40, 50 different kinds of jewellery. Yes. You know, but if it's been bought for a man, there's really nothing else except a watch. Yeah. You know, they're not going they're not going to wear like uh, a bracelet or generally speaking I mean I know there are exceptions to what I'm saying but generally speaking they're not going to do that Yeah, you make um, a good point there I want to bring Louise in there because it's interesting you mentioned boyfriend girlfriend Louise tell uh, Stephen uh, about you believe or there's an old saying never what my mother always told me never to buy a boyfriend a watch because it was bad luck. Something got to do with time passing and he would end it, basically. He'd walk and away. He'd split up. Yeah, it's not a good idea, Stephen, as boyfriend or girlfriend to buy a watch for one or the other because it's nearly important of the end of the relationship. Did you ever hear anything like that, Stephen? Never, never in my life. This must <laughs> be something distinctive to Navin, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> or else I'm, she didn't I'm, like my boyfriend. Yeah, I'm not, Maybe she liked them too I'm much. I have to confess now that we have a shop in Navin, you know. <laughs> Good man, Stephen. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going... in, the, in the Navin shopping centre. Yeah. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Lovely. My cousin yeah. works there. Lovely. Yeah. Great oh, stuff. Good. Uh, really? Well, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. going to I'm not going to put Louise in the spot and ask her how many boyfriends are that she bought watches for. We're going to pass on that one and I move didn't on. Like them. Move on quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, the other thing is this: um, Do you repair watches? Well, are you asking me personally? No, no, no in your but, business, of course. Yeah, yes, of course, you do repair. There's a big, fa- a big fa- factor in the business. Okay, a really big factor. Yeah. And what about engraving? Do many people look for an engraving on a watch? Or is yeah, that... um, well, some people do. It's you're limited by the size of the watch as to what you can engrave. I know you can mm. engrave the back of a watch, but mm. um, I would say it's five percent of people want engraving. Yes. Really? Um, this is uh, from a listener. I have a Rado watch. Did you ever hear that? R A D O yes, watch. I know it well. It's yeah, gold. Sure. The listener says it's from Philip and Mon, and he says it's gold with forty-four diamonds surrounding the face. I always wear it. It's my treasure. There'll be a few bobs worth there, would there, Stephen? Well, if the stones are genuine, yes, yes. absolutely. But uh, it's very unusual. I wouldn't. I would say that ninety percent of them. Would not be real. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, is nice, uh, a very distinctive-looking watch, a Rado. Very yeah, distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- today's watches 
you know the way years ago you just wound the watch up with the little winder on the side, then the battery came along. Which is more prominent, battery? Well, no, the the, the winder came, uh, came that you wind yourself and then the automatic came after that, which had inside what they call a rotor, which wound the watch for you by the movement of your wrist. Yes. And then uh, came quartz, of course, with the battery. Yes. And uh, now quartz uh, would be 95% of the market. Yeah. There uh, you go. Strangely enough, the, some of the very exclusive mix don't have uh, don't use quartz they use handmade Swiss watches yes. you know like Rolex for example yeah and um, uh, you know that's just another fashion if you like yeah do you stock Rolex oh no you we do, you wouldn't get not a chance to get there are two <laughs> Rolex agencies in Ireland that's it one uh, sorry sorry three uh, uh, there's uh, Lund's in Belfast uh, and then Weir's in, in Dublin and Keynes in Cork. Okay. Only only the three. That's it, yeah. And then. even then, they 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 are um, told what they can sell <laughs> by Rolex. They're completely autocratic and uh, dictatorial in what they, yeah. do, uh, you know, deserve to jewellers. You know, so yeah. not a hope in the world. Um, there you go. Anyway, they are... So they you're going to have to spend the four and a half grand, I told you. No, that. no, there um, you are. You see, Stephen, we're in the same boat. You're an ordinary man like myself. You're not in that bracket either, and I'm not in the bracket for the 4,000 <laughs> strata either. Listen, you're a gentleman. And just to remind people again, you've Midas jewellers in the long walk and the dock. Mention Navin again. Where are Navin? Uh, Diamonds Jewellers in yes. the Navin Shopping Centre. Lovely. And we've Diamonds Jewellers in the Marshes, Marshes. in Dundalk as well. Ah, oh, so, good man. And uh, the story... Well covered. Ah, you're well covered. And the story today is the wristwatch is back. Stephen Burns, thank you for joining me on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. What a lovely man is Stephen Barnes. There you have it. We're getting loads of messages about your wristwatches. Keep them coming to us. Do you wear a wristwatch? Have you one that you love? Have you a valuable one? Have you a sentimental one? Come on, keep them coming to us on Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. I bought my husband a watch Christmas 1966. It's a wind-up one. Rotary. It's still going strong. And yes, the jeweller told me, Louise, this underlines what you said, not to put his name on it in case we broke up. Oh, well, maybe that was it then. Yeah, you know mm. what I mean? Not to put name. Peter's back. Get it back Hi, and sell Peter. It. Peter's <laughs> back. We've missed Peter. Where have you been? Uh, I have a second, this is Peter. I wear it every day. My partner bought it for me around the uh, millennium year, 2000. It's silver with gold hands and I wear it on my right hand. Why do I wear it on my right hand? I haven't a clue, Maybe Peter. he's left-handed. Uh, not sure. I wouldn't go out without my watch. I would feel partly naked. You know what I mean? That there's a man really attached mm. to his watch as well. Oh, God, there's loads of them coming in there. When we see it, I'll go back a bit here. Uh, where do we go? Um... The first Christmas I met my boyfriend, I bought him a watch. I'm now married to him for 24 years, says Imelda van Avon. So Imelda kicks your theory in the arse, Louise, really, mm. with that story. <laughs> um, hi, Jerry. Louise. My mother must have had her reasons. <laughs> my late mother always told me that a present of a watch from a boyfriend was a step before the... What? What's that? Oh, the ring, the ring. ring. Do you see the ring mm. there? It says Petrina. Do you see that? Now, that's mm. an interesting But that's boy to girl. Yeah. Not oh God. girl's boy. 
Yes, true. Mm. Hello, I have an Ostara watch given to me by my, by my father 60 years ago in 1963. It cost him £3. It's still going, but I don't wear it daily because I'd be afraid it'd be damaged. Our children were fascinated with the winder as they don't know or didn't know what it mm. was, says Michael Trainer today. There's more there. We'll be back to your watches, I promise you, on late lunch. Thank you so much. Tell us about your wristwatches. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Coming up after 2 Oh, we have a lovely story about an old, old letter. David Gilroy joining us. But I think this is the one, isn't it, Louise, for today? Us talking about the watches. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from the rats. Yes, thank you, Paul. There's a brilliant show on the BBC called The Repair Shop. Paul, I absolutely love it. It's the most magnificent show. It's fantastic what the man there can do with watches and clocks. He takes them all apart and puts them back together. It's a top programme. Definitely worth a watch. Boom, boom. Yes, of course, the repair shop. It is indeed. I love that show, I have to say. More of your comments about timepieces. Hello to Jerry and Dundalk this afternoon. Jerry, I couldn't go without it. Uh, I got a new battery recently. Well done to you, Jerry. Maddie and Navin couldn't survive without her wristwatch. She only takes it off when she's in the shower. Mm. Tina is out and about shopping in Navin this afternoon and always wears a wristwatch every single day. It's quite an ordinary one, she says, but she has a Seiko, an Acurist, and a Philip Mercier. Oh, you are posh at our Tina. Hi, Jerry. I got my first watch when I was seven for my communion. It had a little red face, no numerals, and it was a Timex. Now, there's a name, a Timex watch. I was able to read the clock so fast, I couldn't function without a watch on my wrist to this day. I have a Tommy Hilfiger watch. Uh, it has a leather strap. I do think lots of people don't know how to read the clock today, says Maggie. You may not be wrong there. Uh, John says, I have three wrist, wrist, wrist watches. One my wife bought for me 43 years ago. Oh, my word. Isn't that amazing? Uh, there's another one. I was in a coach tour in 1977 and we stopped in Switzerland. I bought a Longines watch for £60. I still wear it on special occasions, says Margaret. Keep them coming to us. You're great. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Do you wear a wristwatch? Have you got one? Is it part of your life today? What's the story? Have you a sentimental one, a valuable one? If you have, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We have an absolutely lovely story for you now. David Gilroy is on the line and I'm delighted to say good afternoon to him. Hi, David. How are you, Jerry? How's things? Really, well. really good. I'm well and better for having you with us today to tell this story about a letter dated the 17th of February 1900. Away you go. Tell our listeners about this letter. 
Well, I suppose yeah, it's a remarkable letter, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, and as the story goes through, why it's remarkable may become more apparent. So um, my sister, well, first of all, unfortunately, my mother passed away um, on the 21st of January. Obviously, oh, that's sorry. A very, I'm sorry. A very, like, like everybody who loses their mother, it's a very sad time in your life. But And, and then it's a natural progression of kind of moving through dealing with things, um, you know, as a result of that. And, yes. and one of those things, my sister, Paula Lina, from my boy here, um, she, she, she was going through an old book and she opened the book and in the book there was a letter. And this letter was dated, uh, from, it was from 1900. So dated the 17th of February, 1900. The day she found it. I think that's probably the first most striking part of the whole story. On the day, the 17th of February this year, she found this letter from the 17th of February, 1900. Absolutely, 124 years later. Oh my God almighty, what a coincidence. Go on. And and this letter was written by a man called John Gilroy, Mm. same name as my own brother, and he he was writing from um, Pennsylvania to his brother uh, in Cross Malina, a man called Michael Gilroy. And amongst the other things that he was talking about in this letter, um, he was talking about, uh, he was saying to his brother, don't be feeling so sad about the death of our mother. So their mother had passed in, in, in December of that year, the previous year, yeah. um, within a couple of months. So this was uh, John Gilroy writing home to his brother and his brother's wife, Julia Farley from Athboy, um, saying to him, it's terribly sad that our mother has passed. Um, don't, do not, don't feel mother's death with sorrow and deep regret is the quote. She was kind-hearted and generous. Um, obviously, that's exceptionally poignant to us as a family going through the same process. It was kind of a voice across time. Yes. You know, from our, from our great-grand-uncle grand to our great-grandfather. Oh, my God, but David. It relevant relevant today as it was then like we're, we obviously as a family are very very touched by that yes you know, we, we, the hairs like are standing on the back of my <laughs> neck even as you say those words isn't this amazing as you say across the generations the connection you know the same theme in that letter from 1900 you know a family story that you're dealing with today absolutely and you know it's, it's the same it's the never ending story I suppose but it's just the fact that we, when we found it Obviously, everybody's impacted the same way with the passing of their mother or their father or any family yeah. member, anybody, obviously. But it's particularly, you know, particularly um, difficult maybe for many people when their mom dies. And, you know, this was, this was something that was being kind of echoed through time. And he was talking to us as much as he was talking to his brother, my great-grandfather, you know. And in 1900, both of those men died in 1900. You know, they hadn't seen each other. Yeah. Um, John Gilroy hadn't been... The last we know John Gilroy being in, in Ireland was 1882, I think, at the death of his own father. So, you know, and so he had been far away writing home, talking about the news of his mother's passing and telling his brother not to be sad about it. And I, I just thought, it, and, and when Louise obviously came across it as well, you know, it's just such a nice story. Yes. Very, very special to us. And also there's a message there, you know, he's saying, he's okay, you know, I'm sure she's okay. The same way that you'd like to think, you know, things work out yeah. for, for ourselves. Yeah, and and I'm looking at the letters here. Thank you for sending us on the images. Isn't the handwriting beautiful? The handwriting is is smashing, and and also the language within it is something yes. that you know that's something that struck us as well. Because oftentimes we'd have this idea that people who live in the west of Ireland and went off off to, to emigrate or were forced to emigrate for whatever reason. You know that they 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 maybe mightn't be particularly. Uh, they mightn't have a, a, a large amount, you know, lexicon. Might need to, uh, you know, their language may not be what we'd expect. Yeah, it to be. they you wouldn't know, we, be that literate. You know, yes, as we as we, we as we would think. But yes, it, it, that I strongly believe that's not the case because the language, the eloquence of the letter, you know, the manner in which you're writing, you know, they, 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 it was just it was it was quite a remarkable kind of kind of a, a snapshot in time as well of mm. the thinking behind the people thinking about this man 
in the States writing home to his brother, you know, and, and the language in which he used and, and the, the very kind of colourful and descriptive language that was that was in it. Words like, uh, uh, don't be disappointed. Um, you must be obliterated that magnanimous and great spirit that she possessed. You know, language yeah. like that. Yeah. It, it's just it, it's just so so colourful, so descriptive. Oh, it really so is. Eloquent. You know, and, and I just can't make it out fully from, from the image you sent us. Have you, have you got it there in front of you? Could you read a little extract? Would you read an extract from it? Forrest, if you have yeah. it there, would you please? Uh, I do. It's a, this one. So, dear brother, do not feel mother's death with sorrow and deep regret. She was kind-hearted and generous. And you, dear sister, his sister-in-law he's speaking to here, um, you only knew her in the evening of her existence when trouble, sorrow and disappointment must have obliterated that magnanimous and great spirit she was possessed of. She is gone where I hope she will be rewarded for her long years of trouble and disappointment she received in this world of sorrow. The Lord have mercy on her soul. Oh. Like that's, that's particularly, you know, it's very eloquent. Oh, no, yes. Colourful oh, it is, um, and and expresses the sentiments beautifully. I, I have to say, the 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 thing about it is as well. There's a picture of the envelope. The envelope is there uh, that it arrived in as well, addressed to your great grandfather. I suppose that would have taken a while to you know to come from Pennsylvania to cross Malina. It would, and the news would have had to reach him with the death of his mother as well. So he'd have had to get a letter to 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 to, yes. to be the reason for a reply. So that we think that our great grand great great grandmother would have died in eighteen ninety nine in December eighteen ninety nine. So it would have taken maybe two months to get a letter in response to that that notification of her death. So and and funnily enough, the the, the letter is addressed to Michael Gilroy. His occupation was a stonemason, so it's mason cross my line, and that's what brought him. Boy to the Rakarn area where he came in the 1880s to build houses. He met a local lady called Julia Farley from Rakarn, obviously fell madly in love as the story goes, and then went across Malina, had two children, um, he died, she came back to Athboy to her people, and one of her boys, Thomas Gilroy, went on to be my grandfather. And um, and the rest of the say is history. <laughs> what a lovely story that is, and a, a heartbreaking story as well. Losing the man she loved and having to come back uh, within her own, who gathered round her to look after her as well. Is there a stamp on that um, envelope? There is a stamp on the envelope. There is a stamp on the envelope, and it's very hard to make it out. It's just it says one eight six on the envelope itself. So it's it's um, and then there's a stamp from a Dublin postal stamp as well. Obviously, it must have been received. In mm. Ireland at some point, but it's just it's a, it's a remarkable kind of finding of it at this time. It would be it would have been remarkable at any time. Yeah, but to find it at this time on the day, like my sister found it on the day that it was written 124 years ago, and you're kind of going, "There has to be something in that, surely." Amazing. To God, amazing. <laughs> <You know>? Oh, <laughs> listen, listen. We're connected. We're connected beyond this life of ours. We don't understand, but I'm convinced of it. The more I live and the more I hear as well that that certainly is the case. Your your late mother Nora, she was a great woman for the history herself. Did she know the exist? Did she know this letter existed? She did actually. Funnily enough, I found I remember finding this letter when I was a little fella about forty years ago. Right, longer than I like to remember. And um, <laughs> and I showed it to her and I said, "Did you see this letter?" And she said, "Oh, I do. I know that letter. It's from some relation of your father's." And then I showed it to my father and he said, "Oh, yeah, that's just from some relation of mine." And that was it. And I went back into wherever it had come from and didn't resurface then for another forty years until oh. until during the week. Um, and you know, it's just. Like like everybody, everybody has a family story. Everybody's family has 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 that kind of touch in it, and and it was. Mm. I'm very great. My whole family is deeply grateful to you and and your whole team for allowing us to tell that story, um, our own particularly. Like Nora, my mother, she was a great woman, as everyone's mother is, 
Um, you know, and she was heavily involved in the community and heavily involved with lots of things. Whatever yes. she wasn't involved in, my father was. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's a nice kind of time. The timing is nice and, you know, it, it makes it, you know, and again, if there's, if there's, if there's, if there's a place where she is, she's talking to this fellow about this letter at the minute, maybe, you know, and, yeah. and that's the kind of nice way. You say, we got your letter again in the end. Yes, it really is. And, you know, we're delighted to talk about it because it's it, it's an unbelievable coincidence. The connection is amazing. The story's been linked from then till now. And to resurface on that date, 40 years on from you saw it as a little fella as well. It, it nearly was meant to be. And I, I really believe that I say it again. Nora knows uh, that this is here and this story is being told today. I am absolutely sure of it, David. I I really, really am. Listen, you're great to come on and tell us. Treasure it, mind it, and please God, in 40 years' time, uh, other generations of the Gilroys will be looking at that letter and saying, my God almighty, that David Gilroy. Do you remember the day he was in LMFM talking about it? There you go. <laughs> Whatever happened to him. <laughs> what happened to him is right. <laughs> David, you're wonderful. Thank you so much Thanks. for joining us on the show today. Thanks a million, Jerry. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, I'm really touched by that. I really am. The 17th of the 2nd, 1900 is the date on the letter. My God, isn't that precious? I'm sure there are people have perhaps have letters like that, you know, put away as well uh, from a time going back when people emigrated and never came home again, you know, and it took as he said, so many months there uh, for the letters to exchange between Pennsylvania and Cross Malina, uh, where the Gilroys were at that time. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text is our number on the show. If you ever want to get in touch with us out of hours with a story, with news, with anything on Late Lunch, a potential guest, late lunch at lmfm.ie. That's late lunch at lmfm.ie is the email address to myself or Louise directly. Still to come on Late Lunch this afternoon, the Prioress from Siena Convent is joining us. Uh, the Drogheda Dolls have uh, raised an enormous amount of money for the nuns in the convent. Uh, we'll also be having a chat with Kevin Mackin from Slain Men's Sheds. They have a very interesting project on the way. We have our Artist of the Week, Mr Billy Joel, and more besides coming your way. We're with you until 3.30. Go nowhere. Back in a moment. She won't forsake me I'm loving angels instead Oh yes, Robbie Williams and Angels on Late Lunch this Wednesday afternoon and you are loving your wristwatches. We adore your stories. They're fantastic. Look at that one. I have a Rolex, woohoo, Tudor Prince, a Rolex Tudor Prince, 14 carat self-winding. Now, Sean was looking for the value, but uh, our man was gone when we saw this one. Um, he says he bought it in McDowell's, 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 O'Connell Street, Dublin, many years ago. He paid £110 for it. He still has the receipt and the case. Sean, I want to see you on Antiques Roadshow. I want to see you on Antiques Roadshow showing that watch to the expert. I bet you that watch is worth a fortune now. I'd say it is, Louise. Mm. I've seen them. They're great on the Antiques Roadshow. They have a great valuer of and uh, of We had watches. a chap on, didn't we, that dealt with those kind of watches from the Northern Ireland. We did. Didn't we? We did. Might be able to. We did, we did. Anyway, anyway, sign up for that, Sean, if it's coming your way for sure. Um, there's another lovely WhatsApp that's come in there. Look at that watch mm-hmm. that's sent in to us uh, by a lady. It says, 
uh, beautiful gold-plated limit watch and necklace. Uh, my youngest son gave it to me for Mother's Day last year. Oh, isn't that nice? Mm. I wear it on special occasions and when I'm not at work. See that? I won't yeah. wear it, you know, day to day. Good juice. Uh, yeah, it has an engraving at the back of it saying special mum. I absolutely love wearing it and will treasure it forever. Indeed, you will treasure it forever. There's another one. Yes, Jerry, I have bought my mum's uh, watch, uh, an eternal with Our Lady's medal on it. Uh, she's 35 years past for sentimental reasons. Uh, I just love it. Uh, my watch I got in August, a Timex, worn every day and I would be lost without it. It even has a light on it. When you press the winder, you know, press the winder in, it's great in the dark. I don't know what <laughs> I will do when it packs in, says Mags Nardi. Isn't that a wonderful message there? The little light. And I have that on my iPhone here. The little light when I'm stuck. What about this one, Louise? Hi, Jerry. I lost a good Casio G-Shock watch while throwing turf in an old turf shed back in 1998. I could never find it. Lo and behold, when doing a deep clean on the turf shed last summer, 2023, 25 years later... I found the watch under some old sods of turf. I have it currently inside the house to make sure any dampness dries out. And later this year, hope to open it up and put in a new battery and see if it works again. Fingers crossed. Best wishes from a regular listener. I love that. Lost and found. That really, really is good. Louise, um, do you know the Lonely Planet? Lonely Planet. Mm -hmm. Highly rated uh, by people looking to travel the world. Well, Lonely Planet, listen to this, has named Ireland as one of the top places in the world that people intend visiting. Intend being the operative word. <laughs> yeah, intend, intend. But you know what my problem with this is? Mm. Where will they stay? They might be camping people. Where will they stay? <laughs> Forget about your camping people. Where are the visitors to this country going to stay when they come to Ireland? That's what I mean. They'll have to camp. Yeah. Bring your tent if you're coming mm. to Ireland. Bring your tent with you. Seriously. I said this before on the show and I know it was D Hotel in Drada last week and I hear the Taoiseach on the news there saying they're having a bit of rethink. I wish them well with the owners there. I said this, you know, months ago on the show, not before ever this ever arose. And I say it again. Key hotels in the hearts of our towns should not be turned over to accommodation. And you know me, I welcome Everybody with open arms. I understand people fleeing conflict and war and trauma and we have to do our best to accommodate them. But not at the expense of tourism and tourists and all the people who are busting their ass to bring people to this country to spend their euros or their dollars or their pounds sterling. That is not good planning, good strategy, good management. You name it what you want. Go down, for example, in Drogheda to West Street or any of the streets today, Louise, and look up over the shops and premises. Mm. There is loads of accommodation lying there idle. And in this area, the Triple House, Termin Feckenway, is occupied. The the, uh, Dominican Church accommodation is full. There is another church with uh, people in it as well. And God help them. They're welcome here and they're... We're doing our best to accommodate them and we always have to do our best. But there's loads of other accommodations that wouldn't impact on essential bed nights for tourism. And it's bad policy, bad strategy from a national government level to uh, mop up key accommodation in towns where it's badly, badly needed. And that is my 
honest opinion and I am not racist you know this Louise I'm not mm-hmm. anti I think people who come to this country bring so much to us and can bring so much have and will in the future and sure us Irish went everywhere and we were you know we had to make our lives we we're talking about a letter there from America to the UK Scotland wherever Australia now Irish youngsters are pouring into as well but that's just on that one there and the other thing to see on the news welcome news the Northern Cross route <laughs> phase one is opening next Monday I'm marking your cards, all you celebrities who come to have your pictures taken, celebrity politicians, local councillors, county council officials. On our news today, the Northern Cross route phase two is to begin imminently. It has to begin imminently. It has to. There's no other choice because, Louise, that route needs to be complete, the full Mm. route, to make it really work. And there's key... Uh, leisure and uh, etc. on the second phase of that route. How long have you been waiting for the Northern Cross route? 200, 270 years. <laughs> at least. I think you've been going on about it since I ever knew you anyway. 270 years at least. Such absolute nonsense. And I hope uh, obviously the bridge over the you know the Dublin Belfast railway line the bridge has to go across that line. The bridge has yeah, to be put over it. has it. to be a bridge. And that will have to be funded from government or central funds or whatever fund because the developers will build the road. I know this each side of it. That has to be done. And let's see some forward thinking and planning that a Drogheda North sub-railway station is open for compu- commuters and people don't have to drive across the town mm. to the only railway station on the south side that's there's no parking in anyway and it's full this is a little bit of forward thinking brains and planning not sitting on your ass and not having vision or foresight what you got to do is build a Drogheda North sub railway station and isn't it about time that Dunlear station opened too because there's a demand for it let's get thinking positively planning looking to the future and making life better for our people and the future generations that's my uh my uh, final word on the Northern Cross Road on LMFM News. Read it there. The second phase is the start shortly. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Next up on the show, I'm looking forward to saying hello to her again. Sister Bree, the Carol Prioress at the Siena Convent in Drogheda is joining me. Did you know that the Dominican nuns have been in Drogheda for over 300 years? Nearly as long as we've been waiting for the Northern Cross route, as I mentioned a few moments ago. They were on the Cord Road initially at the Siena Convent there and they moved uh, many years ago. Uh, down the 20s, as we'd say in Drogheda, to their uh, beautiful uh, new convent there. I'm delighted to say hello again. I've spoken to her. It's a few years back now, but she's back with me on late lunch. She is the prioress there, Sister Breda Carroll. Sister Breda, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Jerry. <laughs> uh, you'll be happy, I'm sure, yourselves with this new road opening next Monday where you are there because it brings you back into town nearly, doesn't it? It does. It, do- it does indeed. Although we, we liked our seclusion also, but it will make a big difference. Yes, it will indeed. Yes, the roads both down to the town and also onto the motorway. Yes. Oh, it's it's good news all round. Well, listen, thank you for joining me on the show. You had never heard of Drogheda Dolls up until recently. Is that true? No, that's right. A friend of ours for whom we were praying uh, put us in touch with them. Mm. And we are just absolutely overwhelmed by the response because the people of Drogheda have always been supportive of us and we feel a little bit ashamed, really, that they've been so good because over the last, in recent months, over Christmas, they have been particularly good to us and now they have just overwhelmed us by their generosity and kindness and their offers of all kinds of help. 
I um, find that, we, sister. We really appreciate, we really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no, but the goodness of Irish people in general it, is, it is phenomenal. We are, a, yes. we are people full of heart and of giving as well and of welcoming. And that has to be said. Now, now you, you people there, you were finding it tough with the, the cost of the energy bills and, and other stuff you had to do. Just tell us a bit about that. Well, really, I think, you know, there, there's a little bit of misunderstanding about an energy bill. Okay. Such. The, it's not particularly the, while the energy bills were very high. Yeah. And um, last year we were a little bit shocked at them. But um, we have been able to get a better deal regarding gas. Yeah. We've been able, so that will reduce. And also we've changed um, electrical suppliers and that was going to make a difference okay. this year for us. Okay. But um, I, we have also, perhaps before this rising, we had put, um, we had upgraded the, um, things so that we had uh, new pumps in the um, boiler house yes. and the lead lighting. So in uh, the last year or two, we've been able to reduce our gas by 25% okay. and our electricity by 30%, right. our usage of that. Yes, yes. And by economising also ourselves. But even with that, uh, the bills, com- when we compared, although we're using less, uh, when you compare what we, the bill and, uh, say, 2020, um, uh, th- there's, they're much, they're, they're doubles, tripled mm. the, the price. Mm. And so, uh, but uh, it, we're able to balance that sufficiently but it's just the general maintenance yes there's a lot although we're in a new monastery uh there's enough it's the the workmanship hasn't been wonderful we've had to replace windows doors we had to play, replace the roof mm. in recent years and uh, there's so we still have some maintenance to do in order to reduce uh, and insulate the house a bit better okay so it's more yeah, it's more capital works you're talking about, uh, vital works to be done to the building and the premises and the infrastructure there, rather than the the emphasis on the energy bills. On the energy bills. I see. But the, what has happened is that the energy bills last year, they uh, they prevented us from doing maybe essential I know. maintenance. Yes, yes. That's the, that is really, that's the real problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I have to tell you, um, I know uh, Natalie Kelly many years from Drogheda Dolls. She's a dynamo. Oh, she is. She Isn't is. she? She's, abso- she's absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she is. We've been just, we've been totally overwhelmed by just I know. kindness. But I think, Jerry, too, you know, I think people appreciate what we stand for. Yeah. And that there's a great absence of God in people's lives. But, you know, we're made for God. And we are made to, uh, you know, there's something in the heart of every human being, no matter how much they're in the gutter or whether they're in the highs. Uh, there's a, a, an inbuilt instinct that we seek. We're made for God. Mm. And I think that's what people, when they come in contact with us, I think somehow they appreciate what we stand for. Yes. And it's to keep the memory of God alive and to bring hope and joy and uh, love into people's lives. And, you know, you speak very true words because we live in a world that's just... I don't know what to make of it uh, myself at this stage of my life. I, I, I just despair some days I get up and I think of what's happening in this world and the the cruelty, the war, the loss of life, the yeah. inhumanity yeah. of yeah. man yeah. to man, sister. Yeah, yeah. it is. It, it is just awful. 
it's just watching and it is uh, we're living the whole thing of addiction drug abuse all mm. the rest of it and you know these are these are good people but they're just trapped but it's the answer is god and i think that's why people people respond to us yes um that we re- what we represent i yeah. think uh, means so much to people and we have all people, young and old, rich and poor, coming and asking us for prayers. And um, we bring them all before the Lord. Mm. Uh, and um, we ask them as well to pray for us. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, because we, yeah. haven't, we haven't got the solution to everything either. <laughs> I know, it's a quid pro quo. It's a, it's, it's a fair exchange. And I like it that. Is. I really do like it. I but, do. But, you yeah. know, I, I honestly believe this. Uh, and I always put my yeah. cards on the table. I was born and reared a Catholic and I have a faith. Yeah. And I have to say that more and more people in the world today are realising that they are. there's something missing. They are, they are. And I think young people in particular, while some of them are lost, I think there is a growing number of young people seeking the truth, seeking realities, seeking something deeper. Mm. Absolutely. And our life, uh, while we don't engage in the community as such, yeah. um, we are very much part of that life. Yes. And I look, on, I look on you as being a link to the man above, may I say, direct link, totally in contact with him as we yes, go I about, hope, yes, <laughs> yeah, you know yes. what I mean, as we go about there our are, daily yes. lives. Yeah, there are, not everybody would be called to this life to be just a minority. I know, I know. But what we represent is that everybody is called to a, 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 a relationship with God. Yeah. How, how many sisters have you uh, in the convent? We have, six, we have 16 at the moment. Right. 16. We have two visiting sisters at the moment. We have one from Benin, uh, in, in, uh, well, she's on the foundation, Benin. She's a native of Burundi. But, you know, this will put it in perspective, Jerry. You know, one of their sisters, the youngest sister, she got bitten by a snake. Their sister, uh, Languida, has come to us. And, you know, in order to get the medicine that was necessary to save her life, they had to sell a cow, mm. which was part of their livelihood. It puts us in perspective. Doesn't it? And then we have another sister who had to come out of the U.S. because of visa problems for a year. And um, she's with us for a year as well, but she's a great asset to the community. Yes. But we have also, we've in, recent, in the last year, we have had contact from a number of young people. So it's encouraging, please God, that... A few more will join us. Yes. Younger people. Yes. I mean, at the moment we go from our forties to nineties. Okay. You know? And yeah. uh, we're all, uh, yeah, well, look, at you're 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 open to uh, you know uh, recruitment, of course, and oh uh, yes, oh yes, and yes. I, I I know, and I've spoken to some of the other orders as well, where younger sisters are appearing and committing to the yes. life as well. As you say, it's yeah. not for everybody, but it is a very special life when you do. You offer, I know, down there, you you masses is celebrated uh, there in okay. in the church. You also have a, a retreat house that people can go we to, do. don't you? We do. We have four. We have four. We have four rooms in the retreat house. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the, it has been very well used last year. Mm. And that will be a source of income for us as well. And that, of course, it means that it, means to be, it needs to be heated as well yes. in the winter time. But no, we have four on-street retreat, retreat rooms. And uh, it's, they're independent, they're self-catering, and they can join us in the chapel. Yes. And our chapel is open from 7 in the morning until 7 in the evening. Mm. 
and uh, the, anybody can come at any time and slip in for prayer or join us for mass, join us for the office or whatever. Yeah, you make wonderful uh, uh, candles. You produce you cards do. and yeah. and and, uh, and gifts and as well, don't I you? Can, yeah, I can, I can, I can write in yes. as well. And the candles did very well before Christmas. Um, we we do them and decorate them with Christmas decorations. We do wedding candles for church weddings. And we do baptism and confirmation candles. Lovely, lovely. Uh, with uh, um, with, with uh, the the names of the um, the individual on them. Yes. Yeah. And and people can call their uh, designated hours. Yes. Prayer enrollment. Yes. And, and I see you're online with your shop as well too. We are. We did that during <laughs> COVID. Good on you. <laughs> Good on you. And we're in the- <laughs> we're in the process of updating our website as well of, of yes. putting a new look on it yeah, yeah. and and I yeah. know when I paid a visit to you many moons ago down there and we spoke to you uh, to one of your sisters there I don't think it I was think just Sister Neve. yes Neve yes to. she did during yeah. lockdown and that as well Um I, I have to say that, you know, when we visited and went there, there's something special about the place because you, you really don't engage too much with the outside world. Is that fair to say? No, it's yeah. fair enough, yeah. I mean, our life would be one of uh, silence, really, kind of, and withdrawal. Mm. Because in order to live this kind of life, I suppose, it's it's really keeping the memory of God alive. So we would work more or less in silence, but we are free to speak to each other and when necessary and we meet once a day for recreation and we have fun with each other and we have a good garden that we can walk around the garden and um, so on. So we're not, we are not really kind of cut off or anything like yeah. that on one level. But then we do, yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't engage in the parlour too frequently. There are these designated sisters that meet the people who come asking for prayers. Yeah. Yes. And um, prayer and word, but we do keep all the intentions in our in our mm. prayer. We have a notice board where we write up the intentions. Yes. You you must be heartened the by the response. Just to come back to that before we finish uh, of the yeah. uh, uh, we we have been and I just mm. thanks thanks Jerry for giving me this opportunity to say a huge thank you and appreciation to the Natalie and the people who helped her and to the whole people of Drogheda and beyond. Yes. For for um support and the appreciation and uh, so on. But we, we are very grateful and we we will get two novena of masses offered for the intentions of all who have helped us in this venture. Ah, listen, you are yeah. over 300 years exactly. with us in this uh, little this, um, part of the world and uh, you're going yeah. strong, thank God, and you've contributed yeah. so much over those centuries and people love you and I'm sure you're feeling that love at this time. Well, we do. We do indeed, Jerry. We do indeed. It's great to talk to you today. I'm delighted that you joined us on the show and uh, good wishes to everybody there for the future. Thank you very much, Jerry, and thanks to all. Thank Take you. care. God yourself. bless you. Bye-bye. 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 That's Bye-bye. Sister Breda Carroll there, prioress of the Dominican nuns at Siena Convent, just on the north side of Drogheda. And with the Drogheda Cross route, you'll be able to get to them even easier. Even if it's taken 270 years to get there with the first phase of the road. It's not going to take that for the second phase. We don't anticipate it will. Late lunch, LMFM radio this Wednesday afternoon.
we've paid the bills here too. And the advertisers, well, we love them also. Stay with us on the show. Watch messages go on and on. Isn't that a sad one there, Louise? I have a watch given to my mother by my father as uh, their engagement, at their engagement. My father died in 1959, aged 35, so young, leaving behind a pregnant wife with seven children. And that baby died shortly afterwards. Very sad time. I was nine at the time. And as you can imagine, there was very little money. So on my 14th birthday, Mammy gave me the watch, that watch, apologising it wasn't more. It was the world. That was the world you got. I was so delighted to have something from the dad I love so much. I absolutely treasure that watch. What a story. That's just heartbreaking. Oh, isn't it just Mm. heartbreaking? I mean, that she went through such a sad time as a young girl and then... That the mum had to apologise. Yeah. Oh, it's just what so much in that just message. Yeah, what a gift. Oh, my God, that's mm. a real tear, Jerrica, for sure. And just loved Sister Breda's voice. She thought it was lovely. Uh, hi, Jerry. I'm just listening to you talking to the gentleman from Midas Jewellers. Uh, 43 years ago, we bought our engagement ring in Midas. Brilliant. It's still as good as the day my then boyfriend bought it for me. Ah. Isn't that lovely? Mm, 43 years. 43 years. And the old rings last. You know what I mean? Look at them. Mm. I, I, You know this. I have two rings on my wedding ring finger, my own wedding band. And just inside that is my mother's wedding band. Ah. I wear it since the day she died. My sister took the ring off her finger mm. in care hospital where she died and put the ring on my finger. Ah, that's lovely. That day. Mm. So I wear my mother's wedding ring inside my own band there and I treasure it. It's 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 just lovely. And, and my God, it's it's beautiful and it keeps me connected to them and all that time ago. Now, you want to mention something very special coming up. Please do, Louise. I do. Go I on. Uh, find it one second now. You just <laughs> put, put this thought on me. Go on, you have yes, Contail Ladies. Yes. On the yes, run, yes. they're called. And they're having a pre-loved pop-up shop. Um, from 11 to 1pm on the 24th of February in Kiltail GAA Clubhouse. Great. So there's tea and coffee there and there is women's clothes, bags and purses, uh, unworn, barely worn or in great condition at unreal prices. So, uh, yeah, all money goes to the club. And that date again is? running over there. 24th. And what time does it all begin at? 11am to 1pm. Support them. They're wonderful people. They'd be delighted. New wardrobe for you. There you go. And lots of great clobber there to be to be picked up. The frogs have spawned. Did you see that very mm. unusual place in the fountain at Brunabonia? Yeah. But it's not the first year, you tell me. No, no, no they put it up before, yeah. There you it go. Looks, and they put it up on their Facebook page. If anybody wants to have a look and you can see the video on the Brunabonia. frog and the frog spawn. Every year, the frogs are clever. Brunabonia, they're in the fountain there. They love it. <laughs> The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week Yes, it's Billy Joel all this week One of my all-time heroes And picking up the story The late 70s and 80s Where Joel's heyday years With his introduction to Phil Ramone A significant turning point in his career Ramone would go on to produce All of Joel's studio albums From 1977 to 1986 Starting with The Stranger. What an album that was. 1977. 
It was massive, yielding four chart singles hits. Moving out, just the way you are. She's always a woman and only the good die young. Indeed, just the way you are, dedicated to his first wife, Elizabeth Weber, won the Grammy that year for Record of the Year. The album 52nd Street followed in 78. It too was massive. Glass Houses was next up in 79, topping the US album charts for six consecutive weeks. As the 70s rolled on, most everything Billy Joel recorded was on the money. More tomorrow about the man, but for today, my Billy Joel song is taken from his 11th studio album called Stormfront and released as the album's second US single in early 1990. It reached number six on the US Billboard Top 100. It was believed that the song was about a manic depressive. However, according to Joel himself, the song is an apology, which was to his then-wife, Christy Brinkley, Joel was apologising for his erratic personality. Yes, today's Billy Joel song, My Artist of the Week. I'm not picking the mainstream songs this week for Billy, but I love this one. Yes, it's I Go to Extremes. Billy Joel, my artist of the week, and his wonderful rendition of I Go to Extremes on your late lunch this Wednesday afternoon. Final break of this Wednesday on the way, and afterwards, we're heading to Slane to have a chat uh, with the men's sheds people there who are involved in an interesting wee project. Well, Mary, this is my answer to you. Mary wants to know what does the brewer mean in Bohor Brewer? There's a street in Drada called Bohor Brewer. I think it's called after Cahill Brewer, the Irish Republican. I'm nearly sure it is, yeah, that Boer Brewer is uh, in his memory. Now we're heading for Slane next and Slane's Men's Shed and uh, something big going on there. To tell me more, is a man I'm sure many people listening today are familiar with when I mentioned the Cunningham Arms. He's chairman of the Men's Shed out there now, Kevin Mackin. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Gary. How are you? I'm really good. Good to talk to you again. God, there's a, always a job for Kevin Mackin, isn't there? Chairman now of the always, Men's Shed, huh? Always. Always something to do. <laughs> always something to do is right. Tell us about this uh, field kitchen you're making for Slane River Rescue. What is a field kitchen, Kevin? Well, just a sec now. It's um, Boyne River Rescue. Or no, Mead River Rescue. Oh, not Slane. Well, you see, now no. your PRO sent us in Slane River Rescue, but it's right, Mead yeah. River Rescue. Okay. Mead, Mead River Rescue. All yeah. right, I'm correcting and, well, that here. Go on. As, as you're probably aware, we had a, an unfortunate um, drowning here in Slane during the summer of last year. Yes. And it went on for quite a long time. 
and um, lots of local pe- people brought down refreshments, soups and sandwiches and various things. Yeah. But it was very difficult to see them operating out of a, the back of a van or okay. with a, a little gazebo. So I said, there has to be a better way than this. Yeah. Um, so I went back to the people in the men's shed, the, my, the committee there, and I suggested this, and it was wholeheartedly accepted that we should try and build a trailer. Mm. So we're going to build a trailer. Um, it will have... Um, Basically, a water boiler um, for making teas and coffees. Yeah. And there'll be there'll be refrigeration on it to, to keep stuff t- uh, warm. Yes. And we'll have soup kettles for making uh, soups or stews or whatever that that to be. And then um, we will have lots of floodlighting to, to help in the evening time. Okay. So they'll be able to have a self-contained kitchen within this trailer uh, to Correct. bring with them wherever they're on a rescue. Exactly. And Kevin, what are you talking about a trailer? Is it like a horse box thing or, or, or what? Describe it. What's your plans? Um, oh, it's, it's something we've designed ourselves, so it's not really oh. like anything. Oh, very good. It, it's basically a cube um, with three sides that lift up. I see. And, and to create, so it's basically a self-service operation. There'll be nobody in the trailer as such. Yeah. Um and so th- three sides, there'll be one side for storage, one side for self-service for, for teas, coffee, sandwiches, that type of thing. And then at the back section, it will be the hot section where we'd ha- we, we wouldn't keep soups hot or make things hot. Well, I'm picturing it here and I think you need to get onto the patent office straight away and patent this now if it's completely new and nothing like it before. Well, we we hope to have it ready for St. Patrick's Day Parade here in Slane. Ah, great. So, so the pressure is on and if you want to see it then in Slane for Patrick's Day. It'll be on the display there. It's a really good idea because really they were living out of the back of their cars and that's what they do and it's a really, uh, you know it's a great fit for what they need I'm sure as well. Have uh, do, do they know they're getting it and what they're getting or have yes, they had yes, any input yes, into it Kevin? No, no, yes they've had it and the people who are um, working making teas and coffees there um, in Slane and in Navan recently um, they know what they want and so we were working to that line. But at this stage I'd like to say um, a big shout out to um, our local councillor Wade Harding who has led the fund um, who's donated lots of money to us and also councillor Tommy Riley in Navan and there's LMATB and there's Flow Gas and so we're nearly fully funded but we're not entirely there so if anybody wants to Chip in. something like a folding gazebo or we'd loving you microwave and we're coming around to um, needing the lighting so we need internal lighting we need traffic lighting and we need flood lighting so if anybody wants to donate any of that we'd be delighted to see If it. you're out there today much. and you want to give the boys in Slane Men's Shed a dig out this is a really interesting and very worthwhile project helping Meath River Rescue you, uh, uh, Where are you based there in Slane? Where is the Men's Shed in Slane? Men's Shed is in what used to be the old um, textile factory in Slane Right and we, you we've a, we've a fantastic setup there now there's I don't take the credit for it because people have I'm not that long in the shed but there's other people who have done all the ground up before me well, we've an enormous amount of things here and I suppose it's, it's appropriate that I should say to you at this stage kind of most people don't know what the shed is mm. and the shed in Slane is one thing the shed in Drogheda is something else the shed in Tully Allen is something else they're all different yes but they're, but they're all important for people for men's health of course 
course. And we have we've two a couple of fantastic areas. We have a metal shed and a woodworking shed. But we do lots of other stuff. And we have sports activities, bowls and pools. And we have art and music, music lessons and music group. And then there's walking and there's walking walk away trips, uh, computer and digital digital literary skills. So there's loads and loads of stuff. And can uh, a, a gentleman just show up any day there? You're open five days a week, I see. Well, this is a this is a curious thing because sometimes people say you can't be sexist and be men only, but we're primarily men only. Yes. We, we haven't grasped that net yet, but sure, someday we might. Ah, listen, but, listen, don't even go there. It's a men's shed, I, I, it's for men, and if you're a man, you can show... Can you just show up at the shed? Once you're about 55 or over. Okay. <laughs> and, and, we're, and we're not that strict. <laughs> Under 55s, forget it. 55 no, plus. No, 55, if you're depending. 55s are, are too busy doing things. But anywhere yeah. around 55 or whatever, come along down and we'll find something for you. The boys but, have what? loads of uh, tasks going on beside this one we're talking about today and they'd love to see more uh, fellas uh, arriving along there. You're going great. Are you along, uh, Chairman, there? I'm chairman since last October. All right, so yeah, they are. You're fresh. But, but coming up, coming up now, we're, we have um, we we have a great um, PR or secretary PR or um, finance raiser, and he's raised a good bit of money for us. And we've now got a new um, pottery um, kiln and wheel. Great. So we're hoping to get pottery off the ground. Thank God Almighty, there won't be enough hours in the day. Kevin, I have to leave it there this afternoon. Thank you for joining me. If you can help the boys out with the Mead River Rescue Field Kitchen, they'd tell, love to hear from the, you. Tell all the ladies to get the men out of their way and send them down, send to, them the down to the sheds. Send them down to the sheds. You're right, Kevin. Nice to talk to you. Take care. See ya. Bye. That's Kevin Mack in there, uh, slain men's shed. That's it on late lunch this afternoon. Thank you for joining us on the show. Love your company. Brian Farley's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. And just to tell you, the year on The Drive is Brian's birthday. That's a little tip for you today. It will leave you in the company of Anne-Marie and Shania Twain. See you tomorrow. Oh, baby, I'll touch it hurts more than hangovers. No, that bottle don't hold the same regret. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.